In the name of God, creator, redeemer, and giver of life. Amen. I want to read some extracts I've selected and edited for this sermon from Wikipedia on the Huia bird. The Huia is an extinct species of New Zealand wattle bird. The first confirmed sighting of a Huia, sorry, the last confirmed sighting of a Huia was in 1907, although there were some other credible sightings. A man familiar with Huia reported seeing three Huia in Golan's Valley behind York Bay between Petoni and Eastbourne on Wellington Harbour on the 28th of December 1922. By the time of European arrival, Huia appeared to be confined to the Ruhini, Tararua, Rimutaka and Kaimanawa mountain ranges in the southeast of the North Island. The bird was remarkable for having the most pronounced differences in bill shape of any bird species in the world. The female's beak was long, thin and arched downwards, and the male's was short and stout like a crow. The sexes were otherwise similar with orange wattles, fleshy pieces, fleshy pieces below each eye, and the tail feathers were unique among New Zealand birds in having a broad white band across the tips. The karanga of the huia is not well known, and present knowledge is based on very few accounts. An imitation of the bird's call survives as a recording of 1909 Huia search team member Henry Hamana, uh, who whistled the call. It can be heard from time to time as uh, on Radio New Zealand's bird calls on the national program. They were rare birds that were treasured by Māori for their precious plumes and worn by people of high rank. Although the Huia's range was restricted to the southern North Island, its tail feathers were valued highly and were exchanged amongst tribes for other valuable goods such as ponamu and shark's teeth or given as tokens of friendship and respect. They were stored in intricately carved boxes called wakahuia, which were hung from the ceilings of chiefs' houses. Huia feathers were worn at funerals and used to decorate the heads of the deceased. The bird has a special place for all New Zealanders. New Zealand has released several postage stamps portraying the huia. The New Zealand sixpence coin minted between 1933 and 1966 featured a female huia on its reverse side. It was hunted by Māori and the numbers had declined by the time of early European settlement. However, there were tribal restrictions and protocols. A rahui, or hunting ban, was often enforced in spring and summer. After European settlement, the Huia's numbers began to decline much more quickly, due mainly to well-documented factors, including widespread deforestation, overhunting, the introduction of mammalian predators like ship rats and cats, and the failure to enforce conservation and legal protection measures put in place to protect it. Tragically, 
it is now extinct. I'm not being overly dramatic when I say the story of the huya can be a metaphor for the loss or extinction of spirituality in a secular society like New Zealand, where churches and parishes of all denominations are being closed each year. They become extinct. They simply shut and are not replaced. The neighbouring parish of St Mark's Basin Reserve is one example, and Holy Trinity Avalon in the Hutt Valley is another. I'm also not being overdramatic uh, when I say that this could also happen to this parish, St Peter's. We learned at the end of last year that because the parish's endowment trust was unable to make its normal contributions, the parish ran into a financial crisis. We launched an Advent appeal for $60,000, and the parish and the community responded, so we reached the target, which was very encouraging, a very encouraging achievement. The 1922 trust deed is currently being amended so that the immediate problem doesn't continue. But it provided a wake-up call, reminding us how dependent the parish has been for at least two decades now on the trust funds, rather than paying its own way and using the trust funds for innovative projects and mission within Te Aro and beyond. The bigger wake-up call, however, is that St Peter's will not survive in the medium or long term if it does not develop a sustainable financial base and grow the congregation, particularly with a younger demographic. I mean by that younger families and members who will be there when older members move on and can no longer participate. Addressing that wake-up call, particularly the need to grow the church, is the kopapa, or agenda, for the first vestry retreat this year, which takes place this afternoon, and the second one in two Sundays' time. The vestry and the clergy will try and sharpen the focus so that they can help involve all of us in this together. We want to do it together in a way that is innovative, fun, and reflects the broad personality and culture of this parish. I referred to the story of the beautiful Huya, an indigenous and national Tonga that we can only look back on and imagine because we didn't act fast enough, and it has become extinct. The kakapo parrot and the kotuku white heron are critically endangered and could go the same way, but there are valiant efforts being made to help them grow their numbers and live on. The conservation story is not all doom and gloom. There have been some amazing successes Numbers of takahe, which they thought were actually extinct. Black-billed stilts, the Chatham Islands black robin, and even the kakapo, all who were facing extinction, have actually increased their numbers, as have kaka and kokako, primarily through removing predatory mammals like rats and possums from some island sanctuaries and mainland protected areas like Zealandia here in Wellington. It follows, we can avoid the fate of the huia if we want to preserve what we have, if we believe it enough, and we're prepared to do the mahi 
or the work for it. The two readings today for the fourth Sunday of Epiphany reveal the essence of what this church is about. The prophet Micah captured it elegantly and efficiently with these words. He has shown you, O people, what is good. And what does our God require of you? To do justice and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. It is a succinct and beautiful description of the best sort of spirituality which views life humbly in relation to God, the planet, and the greater good. This is not an arrogant system of beliefs that we're expected to impose on others. It is a faith that is anchored in love, generosity, prayer, a relationship with the divine, and actions that make the world a better place. The gospel today is the Beatitudes taken from Matthew's gospel. They carry the beauty of what the faith can be when it's practiced with integrity and without pretension. Listen to three of them. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. That is a picture of authentic faith. That is what St. Peter's in its best moments throughout its long history has stood for and lived out. That is the quality of our heritage, our whakapapa. The spirit has waned in the material world of New Zealand society that has tended to wax more with self-interest and the finite limitations of a physical worldview. St. Peter's has characteristics that exist in few other churches. This doesn't mean that it's better than other churches or has any right to puff itself up. It is simply different. But it is those differences that many of us cherish and would not want to lose. And I want to refer and name seven of those characteristics. St. Peter's has a deep commitment to the community in Te Aro and its contribution to the arts, to social services and community organisations, which are here every day of the week on these premises. It has a deep commitment to the poor and homeless of the city who find a place of refuge and care here every day of the week. The long history of social justice and public debate at the heart of New Zealand's capital city throughout the 19th, 20th and 21st centuries, working against social and economic inequities, including the reduction of poverty and racism, affordable housing and the rights for women and the rainbow community. Its deep commitment to recognising and working with those of other faiths in a manner that respects them and does not impose Christianity as a superior religion. Its deep commitment to spirituality, prayer and worship, drawing on the rich liturgical traditions of our faith, along with contemporary approaches to worship. Its expression of a relaxed and liberal view of theology that encourages the essence of loving God and loving others as we would like to be loved, rather than religious dogma and more literal approaches to the Bible. And finally, a group of people who enjoy being reminded of and discussing the higher values of life and building friendships and community around them.
As I've said, these are not values to brag about, but they are definitely recognisable mores of this church. I love them, and I know many of you do too. We may not always be successful in our practice of them, but we believe in them and we try. It is the quality of life set out in those two readings today and the style of church developed in this place that is at stake today. Does it mean enough to us to get the parish onto a strong financial foundation and draw others in who will continue those rich values well into the 21st century? Financial sustainability calls upon our own giving and there will be a stewardship campaign after Easter. But it's not only dependent on that. It will also involve using our buildings and key events that can draw in more financial resources. Growing the church won't involve departing from our values or scaring people or making religious pronouncements. We just need to learn how to share what blesses us here and how to communicate that to those we know and others in ways we get enthused about other forms of participation in society and invite friends and family along. It is not just us in this church who risk extinction or the extinction suffered by the huya, well remembered and loved, but gone. Art societies, voluntary organisations, sports clubs and interest groups have all experienced financial difficulties and closures. But like the endangered species that are beginning to grow, some of them have turned their fortunes around, and we also can fly steadily into the future as they have. I put it to you, this is the great challenge for us in 2023. Are we up for it? The clergy and the vestry will be working on it this afternoon and again in two weeks' time. We welcome fresh ideas and we look forward to intensive discussion and activity as the year progresses. Remember the beloved Huya. Despite attempts to the contrary, few people rallied enough to prevent its, extent, its extinction.